This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. My name is Walt, his name is Chase, and each week we come to you with one simple goal, and that goal is to inspire you to get outside and hunt harder, do something you've always dreamed about doing, do something you've never attempted before, having listened to this podcast. And I thank each and every one of you for being here again this week, and I'm sorry for my absence last week, but Chase, dude, huge shout out to you for for picking up my dead weight there and, and, and cranking out a really fun summer scouting video, or podcast. Yeah, yeah, man, that was a, a good time. Uh, I was able to get a good buddy of mine on, Brandon Ogden. Uh, last second, uh, he agreed to come on the, the podcast for us, and he's got tons and tons of history with this particular piece of public uh, that I've started to hunt, and I just thought it'd be good for somebody who'd been hunting the same piece of public for over a decade to kind of come on, and he loves to scout. That's like one of his favorite things to do, and especially uh, some summer scouting and stuff, trying to come up with a plan, getting cameras out and all that. So I figured it'd be a real good episode. Yeah, you know, I, I, he had a deeper voice than I expected him to. I, I was I was listening to the episode, and I thought I had jumped around because I'm so behind on on podcasts. Um, I was I was cranking through them the other day, just kind of on a on a fast fast forward speed, and he came on. I was like, God, because I I swore I'd heard him talk somewhere before, but I guess I was wrong. But dude, that was a fun episode. I I enjoyed. You know, it's it's always not fun missing the episode, but every once in a while, it's kind of fun to just tune in like a listener and see how you know listen listen from their perspective. And it, it was a good listen. Yeah, yeah, it's good to uh, be able to kind of maybe critique each other when we listen to uh, the podcast, when we do it by ourselves. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, that was a good podcast. Uh, that went the direction I thought it would go, and or maybe it didn't go in the direction I thought it would go. But uh, it's always good to kind of kind of get a little refresher and just to enjoy being a listener from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it was a good listen, man. I, I'm, I'm glad that we're still on this, this, this trend of the scouting because this is such a – 
vital time. You know, I think it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was in my lifetime that summer scouting, uh, postseason scouting really wasn't all that popular. I mean, I don't know if it you feel differently, but it seemed like in my neck of the woods, you got out about, I don't know, middle of August. You started thinking deer about July, but it was still too hot. And then, you know, maybe three weeks before the season, you're suddenly running to put up tree stands and trail cameras and food plots and everything. And it, it, it kind of is cool that the whitetail calendar has expanded and a lot of people, ourselves included, reap the benefits of that. Yep, that that's for certain. I mean, we kind of schedule the, the yakking for bass challenge at a time where we probably could d- be doing a little bit of summer scouting. Um, but normally I just focus on the yakking for bass challenge and uh, kind of wait till that's kind of my marker now for when summer scouting for me starts <laughs> is sure. <laughs> I mean, I do some spring scouting during Turkey season. Obviously I, I do. I will have cameras out and stuff, even turkeys, deer, um, constantly, uh, looking for sheds or deer sign and everything else while I'm turkey hunting. And then there's that kind of that little break right there for the yakking for bass challenge. And then as soon as the yakking for bass challenge is over, which just ended, uh, <laughs> yep. that's when it's time for me to go, okay, Chase, it's time to uh, buckle down. Let's, let's see what's going on out uh, in the woods, get some cameras out, uh, put some boots on the ground. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, it, to be fair, to give ourselves credit, you and I do a lot of scouting. We've talked about this on previous podcasts. We do a lot of scouting during turkey season. And so it's not like we just completely are derelict in our deer hunting duties. You know, we've, uh, we've, uh, you know, we put in a bunch of scouting. It's time to fish for a little while, which scratches that itch. And uh, while I'm probably still going to do some fishing, I'm probably going to start really shifting my focus to uh, trying to inventory fawn drops, which, you know, they should have, they should have happened. Uh, well, depending on the area, uh, you know, they should or should not have happened or they, or we can at least start to figure out when those does come into heat, which is something that Brett Mashburn has talked a lot about on the podcast. And I just, I think getting familiar with the areas, even if you're not, you know, maybe you don't find that hundred inch buck or 200 inch buck that you're looking for simply having the ability to rule areas in or out, you know, not having to go in blind during the season, having a familiarity with the land. Man, I got to say that I think that is perhaps the most undervalued component of summer scouting. Yeah, I think you're pretty much hitting the the nail on the head there when you're talking about just being able to rule areas out. (laughs) Uh, If you can rule a bunch of areas out and kind of narrow your focus uh, onto some areas and really break down those areas, we've kind of talked about that a little bit on the podcast as well, is finding a chunk, breaking it down, and figuring out, okay, there's, I know there's deer here. Let's figure out what their movements are, when the rut is, uh, and you can do all that. You can do quite a bit of that with your summer scouting by monitoring the fawn drop, seeing if those bucks are actually using that area during the summer or do they just move in for the rut. So there's a, there's a lot you can do uh, right now to set you up for success in the fall. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, it's – it's, it's invaluable, especially if you don't fish or anything like that, getting out there and explore new areas. I tell you, one of the things that uh, a buddy of mine does, uh, you know, friend of friend of yours as well, Andy Thompson, uh, he rides around and he just checks to see what fields are planted in. He never leaves yep. the AC of his truck. He just drives around and he looks for crossings in the clay, in the clay uh, soil and he notes if there's peanuts or cotton in the field. I mean, you can do that without breaking a sweat. Yeah, yeah, I have did some of that last year uh, and it almost paid off for me. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I just wasn't in the stand <laughs> yeah, that day. Did, 
but I plan on doing that some, or I've been doing that a little bit, just driving by some of the areas that I hunt, looking it's like, okay, there's watermelons over here this year, or there's peanuts or corn. So I've been taking an inventory of that uh, as well. Uh, and there's a couple other places I need to go scout because I, I know they've got stuff planted. I just don't know what they are yet and need to get over there. And I plan on next week kind of buckling down and uh, getting the cameras out, getting some fresh batteries in there, SD cards oh, yeah. wiped, and uh, starting the whole process. Yep, absolutely, man. So we're, we're going to kind of touch on that a little bit. We've got a we've got a, a smorgasbord, if you'll allow me to use that term here, uh, uh, of different things to cover today. This is kind of one of those episodes, we do them about four times a year, where we kind of shift gears a little bit. We kind of do a little refresher with you guys. We kind of talk about what's in what's you know near and dear to us and what's coming down the pipe. Um, and kind of what to expect from us, because we leave one season, we, we go into the next, and uh, I think it's just a good thing to kind of put a cap on things. So uh, l- before we do that, I just kind of want to thank a couple people who make this podcast possible. Um, first and foremost, we talk about how the, the goal of this podcast is to inspire you. Um, we, we mean that. Our goal with this is to bring you stories, tips, tactics, uh, that, that hopefully equip you to do what you need to, but we're also building a community and that's kind of a backbone of what we've done here with our Patreon community. Uh, we've got a Marco Polo group that, uh, is very active. If you would like to talk to people who are engineers and work on bows, who are land managers in South Florida, uh, who can give you, you know, all kinds of awesome information about that, the management of property. You know, we have discussions where people in Kansas are like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing here. And, and they chime in. There's a wealth of knowledge. We are building slowly, but surely a really good quality, positive, encouraging community um, that I think really is going to stand the test of time and is really going to help push everybody forward. A rising tide raises all ships. And I think one of my favorite things to do is when my phone goes off and it says that, you know, Patreon, I'm sorry, when it says, you know, Marco Polo, Patreon, Chasing Tales Outdoors, Patreon group, I'm like, oh man, here we go. You know, another good dialogue, FOC, all kinds of cool stuff, man. I mean, it's, it's an awesome group and we've got a new Patreon member. He joined last week. I haven't seen him in the Patreon uh, Marco Polo group, but I'm going to send him a, uh, another invitation. Derek Schaefe, uh, he's from Loxahatchee, Florida. Great to have another Florida boy uh, sign up for Patreon. If you don't know, we do four giveaways a year, and depending on your tier, you get somewhere between three and five times as many entries for being a Patreon supporter. You don't have to be to, to be entered in the giveaway. Um, and at his tier, he gets a hat and a sticker and a shout out of the podcast. So Derek, thank you, buddy. Your hat went in the mail, uh, as this was recording two days ago and, uh, you should get it here shortly. And, uh, we're, we're glad to have you on board. Yeah. Yeah. It's always great when, uh, we get new, uh, Patreon members, uh, and like you mentioned about the Marco Polo group, uh, that that's a great resource. Uh, here recently, we kind of been talking about uh, what quota hunts uh, we drew or didn't draw yep. for some of us, unfortunately, that didn't draw any quota hunts this go around. And as far as that giveaway, I think that giveaway is coming up here shortly at the end of this month, right? Yeah, yeah, June 30th. So you, you still have a couple of days to sign up from the time this drops you. You got about a week to 10 days. Week to 10 days, to, and yep. we're giving away uh, five of the Simmons trail cameras that you've used, you've done a YouTube video on them. You had great success with them uh, last year and a Browning uh, cellular cam. Uh, so that should get you to hopefully inspire whoever gets this to get outside and start their summer scouting process and start getting intel for uh, this next season. 
I can't thank the people who sign up month to month to support the podcast. You know, that money goes into us doing more. We're always going to do this podcast. The money doesn't have any impact on that. Chase and I are passionate about this. We enjoy it. We enjoy connecting with you guys and bringing you stuff on a on a weekly or daily basis. If you're part of social media and our YouTube channel, which I invite you guys to go uh, figure it out. But what this money is does is allow us to do more. We can travel. We can buy the equipment we need to expand the podcast. We can, we can literally just do more. So it just helps us bring you more of the content that you enjoy and uh, I'm just overly thankful for everybody who signs up but in addition to Patreon one of our sponsors this year is Spartan Forge and I can't tell you what's coming down the pipe because you know I've 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 been told to keep it on the DLDL but I can tell you this if you haven't checked out Sport, Spartan Forge yet or if you're just now hearing it about it it is a predictive software unlike any other on the market that helps you make the decisions. Now, it's not going to tell you where to go, when to get there, what direction to be facing. Okay? It's not like that. Think of it as like someone who can count cards and help make a decision about whether you should fold or go all in. And that's kind of how I look at this situation because what it allows you to do is based on weather data, rut data, actual GPS tagged deer, millions of data points have been assembled to create trends and create analysis and reveal hidden movements and, and, and patterns that you may not have considered. And through a, a season's worth of testing, I can tell you right now, I've got the utmost confidence in it. And there's a lot of really cool stuff coming out of the pipe. In fact, uh, middle of the summer, we've got a podcast scheduled with Bill. We're going to have him back on the podcast to talk about all this. And I, I just, I'm bursting at the seams to share all this with you. But let me just say this right now, for $20, if you use the promo code ChasingTales, you can lock in a lifelong price of $20. And as he rolls out these other features, the price is going to increase upwards of $70 a year. But if you lock it in today, use the promo code ChasingTales, that tells him we sent you, and it locks in a $20 price point a year. Cheapest, cheapest uh, app in my mind to, that could really bring the quality of your decision making up. Because, Chase, I know you're, you, you know, you got that lucky horseshoe that you, that, you know, you just kind of know where you're going, but I sit up all night agonizing about where the heck I'm going to sit the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there are times where, uh, I have analysis by paralysis or whatever paralysis by analysis, <laughs> whatever they That's say right. for uh, tree stand <laughs> issues. And yeah, I think, uh, I messed with the app a little bit last year, uh, not as much as you did, uh, but I went back after I killed uh, my big buck this year and looked at what Spartan Forge was saying for that particular day. And it pretty much was right on just by having that and some of the um, stuff that you had last year were same type thing where Spartan Forge kind of predicted where the deer movement would be for you as well. Uh, I, I can't wait for uh, this app to roll out and uh, get to using it more and uh, hopefully finding uh, more success in the woods. Absolutely. I think if you're a new hunter or or you're an indecisive hunter like myself, we get a lot of new hunters to this group. I can't speak to how accurate this app was in helping me refine the type of area that I needed to focus on. This is where the summer scouting meets, you know, a little bit of luck and a little bit of help here. You got to put in the time, you got to have those trail camera data, you got to have seen those deer, you have to know what's where you're going. But when you got a hundred different places to potentially go, this app might help you pick 10 of them. And man, it was Johnny on the spot. So we are more than happy to be partnered up with them this year. And there's some awesome things to come. And maybe one day we can actually, you know, go hunting with Bill. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh yeah, that'd be great. I mean, a couple of times I've spoke with Bill. He seems like a great guy. He's a real down to earth and everything else. So it'd be awesome to share yeah. a deer camp with him. 
Yeah, for sure, man. Well, with that, uh, why don't we talk about the Yakin for Bass Challenge, which, uh, as the time we're recording this, has ended uh, two days ago. And, uh, man, we had a wonderful turnout this year. Uh, a total of 265 fish were submitted by 25 anglers, which is 10.5 fish. doesn't really matter to you guys, but I kind of think it's cool. 10.5, 10.6 fish were submitted uh per angler during the tournament and dude we had just some straight up dark horses that no one besides myself saw coming (laughs) well definitely (laughs) uh the winner now second and third well technically the winner was a (laughs) creator so doesn't count so the winner i wasn't surprised about because he's always been at the top like the last two years uh parker mcdonald's dad mr randall mcdonald uh, he ended up winning the Yakin' for Bass Challenge this year uh, with a little bit over 106 inches, I believe. Um, That's right. And, and then Andy Thompson was third. Uh, definitely wasn't surprised by that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> no. the top five kind of played out how I thought it would, other than me being first place instead of fifth place. <laughs> Actually, I, I honestly never thought I was going to win. That's why it was my bold prediction <laughs> uh, That's right. for the year. Um <laughs> I had a great time for the Yakin for Bass Challenge, like always. Uh, unfortunately, there were some family events this year that kind of put me where I couldn't get out nowhere near as much as I've gotten out the, the past two years. Uh, I was thinking about it the other day. I just, I mean, I wasn't even close. I didn't even come close to the amount of fishing uh, that I had done before. Uh, I still finished top five with a good total. Yeah. So I was still happy yeah. with that. Uh, ended up landing some fish uh, later uh, in the tournament that uh, kind of helped propel me up. Uh, to where I was. So I was happy with that. And I got to fish with you several times. So that was, I know how was, fun was that? That dude? was cool. Right. At kind of at the beginning, we uh, got together, did some night fishing together with Andy Thompson. Uh, yeah. We had a couple of uh, good nights uh, out on the water. Uh, one night, although one night I missed way more fish uh, than I probably <laughs> caught during the tournament, I think, but yeah. uh, that that's just the way it goes with uh, night fishing. And uh, I finally, I, th- I finally got some frog stuff figured out. And when I finally got that figured out, that's when uh, I started having some uh, more success uh, in catching some bigger fish and stuff like that this year. So I, I think it was a, a great success. And, of course, there was the smack talk, uh, as usual, on our yakking for bass, uh, Marco Polo with the creators uh, constantly uh, going back and forth. So that's always uh, good for a, a good laugh and just – it, it gets people fired up and motivated, and I know that's what got Nick <laughs> Chandler motivated this year. Uh, right before the challenge, there was some stuff said in jest. It was all for fun, but I think he used that uh, as motivation this year, and nobody was out on the water more than that man uh, this year, and he definitely deserved uh, t- to take home uh, first prize in the creator bracket. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean, the guy just the, – he hustled so hard. I mean, this year was so much fun. I mean – you were able to come up and fish several times and 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 that is such an awesome thing because you and I you know don't always get the you know the most time hanging out I mean our 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 little our bubbles of where we hunt and fish don't always overlap but uh the good news is uh, we we managed to do that a couple different times this this uh the first like 10 days of the tournament right before I had a baby and uh you know it, it was fun man I mean that was just it's cool figuring out those lakes. Unfortunately, uh, our honey hole is officially dry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Since then, uh, a sinkhole has opened up, and uh, as as the cycles go, the, the lake drains. And uh, where we were fishing, I think there's about three feet of water, and 
precipitously dropping because it's so shallow and hot right now and we're not getting any rain but um you know that the lake is gone we'll have to find another honey hole I'm, i'll start i'll start looking now but you know you you did well this year you're three quarters of an inch away from 100 inches of fish submitted i broke my all-time record uh i hit 91.5 inches worth of fish and um uh, you know, I, I did that again, like I said, the first 10 days of the tournament, which is, you know, stinking awesome. Kind of similar to what you said. I made some adjustments to my tackle. Um, I kind of learned some lessons from the past two years and, uh, it paid off there in the first few days. So I am excited with it, man. The good news is we raised several hundred dollars again this year. I'm waiting on the invoice from tourney X, uh, before I, I say the final number. Um, but, uh, Randall McDonald, you got two gift cards coming your way because you won both the biggest fish. And this was close, guys. So there was two categories this year, unlike last year. There was, you know, first place and then biggest fish. Because the the one theme that's happened every year is uh, biggest, you know, we won a biggest fish category. And so we got rid of second and third place, and we just made a biggest fish. And uh, Randall was tied with Andy for the for the biggest fish. And it came down to the second biggest fish, and Randall edged him out. So you've got a $100 gift card coming for first place and a $50 gift card coming for the biggest fish. And you've got a huge package of Country Boy Baits headed your way. Um, huge shout-out to Jesse for donating. I think I think it's like 10 packs of soft plastics, and they are awesome. He, I mean, the color scheme that he picked out is like money dude i know randall especially over there in texas these these colors are really going to suit you buddy um congratulations for constantly being in the top three or four man i mean he's just he's an animal over there maybe one day he can teach parker how to fish (laughs) maybe maybe i think (laughs) parker was down i don't know where Parker. i think he was around 89 inches or something this year yeah so yeah that's kind of been his uh average i think around 89 90 inches uh for the the three years um, well, but, and he was busy. Enough, he, he was out turkey hunting and yeah. stuff like that. He didn't even get in kind of towards the end anyways, uh, kind of midway through. Yeah, and, and oddly enough, his lake actually dried up as well. So oh, he wow. couldn't actually fish. Yeah. So, um, you know, extenuating circumstances uh, for him, but he still did really good. He fished with his dad for a while and, and uh, you know, ran the camera for him, I think, is what what ultimately happened. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was a good time, and it's, it's time to start shifting towards deer, dude. Um, the draw results kind of kicked me into deer mindset, or maybe it's sitting at home thinking about being outside right now, or the new bow site that came on the way. We'll talk about all that in a minute. But tell me, man, did you draw any good Florida quota hunts? No, I put all of my eggs into one quota this year, knowing I probably didn't have enough, nowhere near enough points to draw it. And was unsuccessful on the quota that I put in for. I didn't want to put in for any others. Uh, I just wanted to put in for that one because I didn't want to draw any others and lose the points that I do have. So I just put in for that one. Didn't get that one. I do still have two special opportunity hunts, the lottery hunts that I put in for that are still pending. Uh, Those are some really good hunts. Uh, so I've been told, I had never been on them, but I've been told by several people that they're, they're really, really good. And so I went ahead and put my $5 in kind of like that lottery nice. ticket, hoping to, uh, maybe, uh, draw, um, from what I've been told the odd, I mean, you can buy as many tickets as you want at $5 mm-hmm. a pop, but from some information that I've gotten, which, uh, you can take it for what it is, is that, uh, you still have decent odds of getting drawn, um, with just buying one ticket. So I'm just like, I'll just put it out there. Just try to buy one ticket and uh, see what happens. Uh, A buddy of mine that I'm going to hunt with, he did draw 
uh, one of the quotas where I killed my big buck in 2019 on. Uh, so he did draw that one. So I will at least be go- being able to go on a quota hunt with him as a guest uh, back to there. So we'll see if I can uh, make something happen on that WMA again. Uh, that'd be cool. Or I actually, I'd love for him to kill a big buck uh, on this one since he's the one that drew it. Uh, but the good thing is now we know about it and we can get out there. We've got the e-bikes uh, and we'll be able to do a lot more scouting than we have in the past. Yeah. So that that's my quota story as of right now. And then it'll just be redraw, 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 <laughs> and getting denied on that <laughs> 25 times during the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I put in for one WMA, you know, it's no secret um, – I discovered the the land of fruit and honey there in Georgia, and uh, I kind of, you know, I, I, I put a lot of time into Georgia last year in anticipation of not being able to hunt as much this year due to having a child. Uh, my wife, God bless her soul, she keeps insisting that I need to quit saying that, and I think uh, either <laughs> either it's going to go easier for, for me than I think, or it's going to go harder for her, and I'm going to adjust, but either which way, uh, I knew that I needed to uh, have high opportunity hunts, right? I needed to know where I was going. And so I kind of invested last year into, uh, the state of Georgia's public land because the opportunities are higher. And as everybody knows who has followed this podcast for any length of time, you know, that I am a huge proponent of filling the freezer first and Georgia has very liberal either sex limits and much of the state and in Florida, they don't like you to shoot does. And so, um, you know, I, I put a lot of time into Georgia and, and I, and I stumbled on a lot of really, really tremendous hunting, um, up there. And so I, I kind of backed up and said last year, Hey, where, where is the one spot in Florida? I want to stake my claim. And I found it, made it happen. And I put in for it again this year, uh, drew an archery hunt, which I may or may not return. I haven't decided yet because it kind of coincides with the gun opener in Georgia. If I believe if the regs come out, um, so I may return that one. Um, but I did draw the muzzleloader hunt that I wanted over there as well, which is, uh, the weekend that all the big buck sign was laid, uh, both last year and the year before in this area. So, um, I, I'm, I'm, pretty like i'm probably gonna buy a new muzzle loader cva uh, if you're listening you if you want to send me one that'd be great <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah i'm probably gonna buy a new muzzle loader and get ready for that hunt um which i could also use it for a black bear hunt up in north georgia but man i i might go in for some redraws if uh, a gun hunt on that wma pops up but it's probably gonna be georgia or bust for me after after those two quota hunts yeah, yeah, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you had a lot of success up in Georgia last year. You're not very far from Georgia, uh, and then you can take a lot of does uh, and fill that freezer up. So I, I'm, I don't see any issue with that. And who knows, maybe you'll get a redraw or something yourself and uh, be able to find yourself hunting Florida a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there are great places here. It's just a matter of, you know, um, you know, there's one a little bit northwest of here that one of our Patreon members has, has uh, turned me on to. Um, and during archery season, I had a lot of I, – dude, I had that really nice buck on camera. I mean, I don't know that he was Pope and Young, but, I mean, he, he had some good mass to him. And I'm interested to get a camera out and see if he made it again this year, maybe – uh, refine where he's going a little bit more this year, trace, trace some of those trails a little further. Um, you know, that might be, uh, somewhere that I focus, but during archery season, I don't need a quota for that. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a matter of, uh, 
you know, where am I going to go that, that produces the highest opportunity? And the good news is one of the things you're going to see is uh, this summer at some point in time, Brent Mashburn and I are going to get together and we are going to go break down uh, a piece of, couple pieces of public in Georgia because I want his expert opinion. It's no, no secret that the guy kills really big deer on public land in the deep south and terrain that's very similar to where I'm hunting. And so uh, he, he put a bug in my ear one day and said, or not too long back and said, hey, man, if you want me to come scout with you. So we're going to do a little video on that. And, uh, you know, the summer scouting will begin as soon as my wife is recovered from uh, bringing a big, beautiful, healthy baby boy into this world. And then I'll be, be uh, be at it, man. So I, I, I'm pulling for you, man. I hope you get a couple good quotas. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I'm not super worried about it. Uh, I've got my private parcels that I hunt. I've got another piece of public that I'm, that I'm hunting that I'm still trying to figure out and, uh, get dialed in. I've got the one quota hunt I can hunt with my buddy. So I've got, I've got plenty of opportunity. Uh, I may also be making a trip out, uh, to the Midwest this year with Brett, <laughs> uh, to Missouri, so I'm also looking forward to that. Uh, that'll be rut time, though, so that'll only be a week span there uh, during the, the first week of November or so. Probably some late-season action with you. So I've already got plenty of plenty of opportunities. Oh, yeah. So sometimes I, I kind of think that I need all these quotas and everything else, but then you kind of like overtax yourself, and you're like, okay, maybe maybe I didn't need that this year. <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean shameless plug going back to what i said earlier in the episode if you hear if you heard all those plans you hear a lot of gas you hear a lot of travel you hear a lot of uh cost to get out and do these things and um you know uh, chase i don't know what your plans are this year but i'm going to continue to tote the camera like i did last year i learned a lot of learned from a lot of mistakes had some some camera mishaps last year that we've we've uh, we've come up with solutions for, and we're going to be bringing all that to you. So if you like the sound of all that and you, uh, you know, you wanted to support that, you know, shameless plug Patreon, check it out. It's a, it's a great place to, uh, to help us do more. Like we're talking about that Missouri trip's going to be a fun one for you, especially with Brett, man. Cause Brett, I feel like is like you in that you got a bad rep for being really lucky when in reality you work and hunt a lot, <laughs> you work really hard and hunt a lot is what I should have said. And Brett's kind of the same way, dude. I mean, that guy just grinds, man. Like, if, if hard work and, and opportunity met, it'd be named Brett Mashburn. I mean, it has to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> he's he's always out scouting. Uh, he's yeah. He's been sending me pictures uh, of that he's been getting on trail camera of the fawn drop and bucks and velvet and everything already. Uh, he's already put in who knows how many hours, 60-plus, 70-plus hours of scouting since seasons uh, ended for him. Uh, it's nonstop. He's he's a 365 guy, uh, and the, uh, those 365 guys, man, year after year, you'll notice that they're getting it done. It's not luck. Oh yeah, they're they're relying <laughs> on all of the intel that they've collected over the whatever the 300 days uh, leading up to deer season or 200 and whatever leading up to deer season, and uh, that's and they're able to make things happen because they've already they've done their summer scouting. They've had the trail cameras out. They've uh, shed hunted. They, they're putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. Uh, and I think that um, those those guys are definitely always going to be successful. I mean. Absolutely. Um, the, the weekend warrior, I mean, it's, it's hard to compete with that. <laughs> when you've got guys that are just enthralled with it, that's what they live for. Um, so, uh, but they also have a lot of good advice. That's why we have this podcast for people to listen to and maybe be able to utilize some of the stuff that they found out putting in all them hours and shorten the learning curve for everybody. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. That's why we build that community 
again, shameless plug. It's why we build that community because Brett is very selfless and open with that information in that community. He's always uh, taking the time to show us visually in that in that Marco Polo app uh, where he's going, why it's important, what he's getting there. Um, it, it, it's awesome to, to benefit from guys like him because he uh, – yeah, I tell you, you talk about motivating when you're sitting at home uh, in February and he's like showing you a, a, a bumper full of friggin' like 30 deer sheds uh, you know, from Alabama. I mean, people in, in Kansas would be raving about that kind of day. And here's this guy in low country of Alabama coming out with sheds where people go years without seeing a single one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, how many, cause Florida is definitely not a shed state, uh, no. for sure. <laughs> I, I found them, but my goodness, I had to put some miles on the ground and it seems like, Oh, I was like, Oh, how did I find this like three inch spike shed? You know what I mean? It's not, right. not even a big, yeah. like 10, five point side or something <laughs> like that. It'd be like a three inch spike yeah. shed. You're like, Holy cow. How did I even see that? But I found a, a little bit of them, but I, I just, over the years, the amount of hours and stuff that I was putting in searching for sheds, I was just like, ah, it's just, it's just not, uh, just not conducive for me down here. Uh, I don't believe so but no my hat's off to him for uh doing it oh absolutely for sure so uh th- this kind of part of the episode I, i've got my notes here i've got a couple different uh arenas we can hit is there anything specifically you you had in your mind you wanted to touch before i maybe uh poke poke the bear on some of these topics uh no man let's uh, go for okay. it okay all right here we go so my question for you chase first and foremost on the topic of summer scouting what are your plans dude like what are you going to do between the months of of june and august to get ready for this upcoming year between june and august well like i mentioned earlier it's time to get trail cameras out i'm definitely gonna put trail cameras out Uh, i've got to put some trail cameras out on this piece of public uh, that i'm gonna be hunting for the second year in a row uh didn't didn't get to summer scout it really last year maybe for i got to scout i scouted it maybe a month maybe before the season started uh is when i got in there started scouting some uh with my buddy uh so i'll be able to get in there a little bit earlier uh be able to get some cameras out uh get some more uh, boots on the ground in areas that i haven't been able to get to or wasn't able to get to last year uh have the e-bikes to kind of help out with that some uh still doesn't take away all the legwork you do once you actually get to the spot (laughs) uh just kind of gets you back to uh, some of the areas uh, a little bit quicker so on that piece of public uh, that that's my plan is to kind of get familiar with the terrain uh it's it's got swamps it's got pine flats i mean it's got a good little mix okamics it's got a good mix of everything and i kind of want to dial in okay where are these deer spending a lot of time uh, bedding? Uh, where are the doe groups? Um, there, there are a lot of does on this WMA. Um, maybe if I can kind of get figured out, okay, what, what are the does doing uh, during the summer? See if that pattern holds. Uh, see when, maybe get some fawn intel. Uh, maybe I can tell, okay, maybe, because last year when I hunted there, it seemed like there was a lot of rut activity, rut activity that second and third week of October last year, uh, which was kind of early for there from what I understand. Normally it would be kind of the the tail end of October as opposed to early October. But in the area I was and some of my buddies, we all agreed that a lot of the activity, road activity was going on uh, that kind of end of the first week up until the third week 
uh, of October uh, in, in the areas that we were hunting. That That's my goal there, just, just to learn it more. Uh, on my private uh, areas, I've got them dialed in quite a bit, um, but I want to find a target buck. <laughs> that's that's always my goal <laughs> on the private areas is to get a target buck and try to get him dialed in. Um, I don't necessarily know that I'll have one this year. There were a couple of bucks that I know that made it uh, at the end of the season last year. Um, I don't remember seeing them during the summer, though. Uh, I don't know if they moved in kind of towards the late uh, late in the year or not. Uh, but if I could get them, but I did kill the big nine point, which I think was uh, keeping a lot of competition <laughs> out of that area. So I'm hoping maybe a new buck's moved in and hoping maybe I can catch them uh, in velvet, catch some of the bachelor groups, uh, continue to monitor the fawn drop in there. Uh, I'm pretty sure they've all dropped by now, uh, according to my calculations, uh, it's been, what is it? It's about seven months gestation for a doe. Yep. Uh, so I think a lot of them get bred in, in one of the areas, kind of November, December area. So they should all pretty much be dropped. Uh, and the other piece has got a lot of October. So I know they're dropped, uh, in there. Uh, the other areas is definitely has a ton of does. They've done, they did a lot of clear cutting in there after the season was over. So it's going to be new. <laughs> uh, it's going to be, I'm going to have to get in there and maybe I'm going to have to find some different areas to hunt. Um, I'm probably going to be do more, it's going to be more observation hunts in there maybe for me this year. I do have some of my predominant areas, but I feel like I'm going to be setting up in observation areas quite a bit uh, this season uh, unless I can get some uh, stuff on camera early generally i don't get a lot of good bucks early on camera in there but as the rut starts to roll around because there's so many does big bucks start showing up in that area so if i can get a big buck located on either one of those property uh, i'll be uh, ecstatic something to uh, give me a goal dial in i do have the 10 point that i had at 10 yards last year but he was on the other side of the fence and i think that buck's going to be seven years old this year <laughs> so we'll see what he does uh, I'm, I know he made it through the season. Um, so I'm sure he'll be in the same area that he's been being in the last, uh, three or four years. So, uh, I would love to kind of get him dialed in, but I, I've never really had a summer pick of him, like only one summer pick of him in like three or four years. Uh, so I don't think he really summers on that property, but he definitely shows up during the season, uh, for sure. But if I could get him located during the summer, uh, that'd be great. Um, and then I'm going to be doing scouting i'm gonna be putting out some cameras and hopefully doing some scouting with my buddy for this uh quota hunt maybe get a camera or two out there uh try to figure some stuff out um it's not a huge uh management area i know the area i hunted i, I really like that area uh, a couple of years ago uh, but there's also some, some other areas that I, i'd like to break down a little bit more and uh, see if uh, some of that traditional sign that was there from uh, years before uh, is is still in those areas. I don't know if they've done any cutting or anything uh, in there. Uh, it's always a possibility. So I definitely want to get in there early, a lot earlier than I have been on quotas in the past. Generally, they've got gates locked and everything else. And if you didn't have a bike or a horse or something like that, then you weren't going back there. Um, so now that's now that the e-bike's in the picture, we can get in there. Uh, do a lot more uh, scouting uh, before the quota gets there and hopefully have 
an idea of where we're going to hunt and not even have to go in there the day before and put scent out and kind of uh, booger the deer up some. So that that's my plans uh, f- between now and uh, August. Dude, uh, it you are busy. You've got a lot on your docket, sir. But I did give you a three-month period, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's my plan. And Now, is all of that going to happen? Uh, maybe some of it can be put off some. I mean, the quota hunt can be put off a little bit because it's not until October. Um, so I don't necessarily have to get there. It'd be nice maybe to get there once. You know what I mean? Maybe spend a, sure spend four or five hours out there uh, and then maybe get back there in uh, September some. Those are my plans. Uh, I, I used to, I've kind of shifted. Uh, I'm, I used to kind of be where I wanted to kill, like, and that we have five tags now. Like, okay, I want to kill five, five big bucks. You know what I mean? Like, I, that that was my goal. I was like, I'm going to kill five big bucks. But really, I think like even over last year, um, I, and I had a chance to kill four, <laughs> but things didn't work out for me last season. <laughs> I mean, it all paid off in the end, but it definitely didn't work out in the beginning. But uh, my mindset's kind of changing some to where. I really don't – it's not that I have to kill – because some of them, like I said, they, they might be able to use another year, but they would still be a big buck to most people uh, in Florida. And I think I just want to – I, I kind of like – maybe on the public, I'll, I won't be as focused as much, but definitely on the private areas, I've kind of gotten to where I just want to take one really good buck. If I can if I can locate one really good buck and take that one uh, really good buck, then I, I consider that – a good season now uh, as to where in the past where I'd be like, all right, I'm bloodthirsty. (laughs) Got to, got to kill any good buck uh, that comes out. I think my mindset's kind of changing a little bit and uh, I'm focusing on more. Okay. I want to enjoy the process and I like the chess match and all of that stuff where to, if, if I made it to the end of the season and I didn't kill a buck on those areas, then I wouldn't be bummed out about it. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I have faith in you. I mean, last year I got the the best FaceTime I've ever gotten from a, from a deer hunter, and I, I expect more of that, sir. I would have done the same. Uh, actually, I did. I think you did. You, I think you did yeah. FaceTime me when you killed your buck at post COVID buck there. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's always fun, man. That was great. It was it was good. I mean, heck, I got to trail the deer. I'm on FaceTime with you at the same time. Yeah. Get to come up on it. So um, the biggest buck I'd ever killed in Florida, <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> So it was, it was freaking awesome, man. That was, that was a great experience. And, uh, we need to, how about you talk about your summer scouting? Because last year I got several comments from different people, some, some listeners, some people that follow the Instagram and they're like, man, Walt is hammering it this summer. Like he is really getting on it with his scouting (laughs) last year. They were like, man, he, he, he's, he's dialed in. So what is your summer scouting is going to change a little bit because you have the, the little one, uh, that you have now that you have to kind of uh, take care of and stuff. What's your summer scouting going to look like? Well, you know, you're right. I've got the little guy to to take care of, but the benefit is I don't go back to work until September. And so uh, I've got a lot of time there. I'm kind of taking the month of June uh, and I'm going to focus on really getting my wife, you know, back to where she's feeling good and getting her back in the groove of things and getting him established. But uh, you know, I, I think I scratched the surface last year was a lot of speed scouting. Um, I started in July and just dude, I mean, you can attest to this. It, it was like early December before I really settled on a spot and felt like I was really, 
uh, honed in and I had figured out their summer to fall pattern. And so that now that I kind of have that idea of how these deer act up there, um, I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, I'm going to get up there as often as probably about as often, maybe more as I did last year. Um, And I'm going to, I've got a fleet of 20 trail cameras, uh, all but three of which are going to be deployed by the end of the summer. That's my goal. Um, They're all going to be in transition areas or the style of transition area that I have found these deer prefer uh, up there in South Georgia. Uh, It's different. It's not what you would normally think. And and once I found it, it was just consistently getting on on bucks, which was cool. I mean, I think at one point I said on the podcast, I was getting more bucks on camera than I was does. And that never happens in Florida. Right. (laughs) At least not for me, you know. Um, So it's going to be a lot of trail camera work because what I've done is I've, I've, I've found a pattern. I want to try and replicate that pattern elsewhere. Um, I want to inventory when uh, when I can, you know, when did does start to drop their fawns because the rut is very fluid over here in this neck of the woods still. And so uh, one block of timber may come into to rut a little bit sooner than the other, and I want to be able to bounce around. But I would say I covered about 5 to 10% of the areas that I wanted to uh, last year. And so I'm going to... Uh, now that I have a kayak, which was delayed last year, and I've got a trolling motor on, on the way, um, I'm going to start trying to water access uh, a lot of those areas that were really good, but maybe you kind of busted the area on your way to get to where you were going from the land. But if you could come in from the water, uh, you could do it a little more quietly. I don't know if that makes sense, but right. um, it, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of that. I'm trying to... I'm. Fingers crossed. I had a really encounter, really good encounter. Uh, I was about 30 minutes behind what I consider a great buck. I, I think he probably could have gone 80 to 100 inches. Um, I was 30 minutes behind him uh, one day in early December because the the wind wasn't quite right and it was blowing down into where I had established was a bedding area. And uh, long story short, he came through. The wind shifted. I walked up the hill. And as I walked up the hill, the trail camera caught me exactly like 29 minutes after he had walked through and. Um, you know, it was well after daylight at that point in time. So uh, I'm going to try and find him. Uh, that's one of the things I'm going to try and get Brett to help me with is establish where is he coming? Where is he going? Um, where might he be hanging out? And, uh, I- I'm trying to find, uh, I'm starting to shift a little bit because the opportunities are better. I'm trying to find a couple 80 to hundred plus inch deer that I can really hone in on, um, and, and try and really continue the trend of scouting all the way up until uh, the rut and, and getting on those deer then. It sounds like you're feeling confident in your abilities up there, and <laughs> that's always a plus. So, but yeah. whereas before you're like, ah, if brown is down, it's going down. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I think that it's just how kind of different it is from Florida uh, and your ability to be able to – um, kind of predict maybe deer movement up there better. Uh, I think maybe your scouting is probably more efficient up there. Yeah. I mean, I think I've always maintained that I'm brown. It's down in this area because there aren't, there isn't an abundance of good opportunities for trophy deer. You know, I mean, you can only hunt, we've talked about this numerous times. And if you're a new hunter, you can only hunt what's on the landscape. And in my area, there aren't a lot of like, you know, there aren't a whole lot of eight points. There aren't a whole lot of seven points. And so in this area, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm selling myself short if I buy the license and I do all the work, if I don't shoot what that work provided. And, uh, in Georgia, I very quickly established that the opportunity is higher. Um, it seemed like every time I went hunting, I got a lot of deer. I mean, dude, my, 
my cell camera, the coolest thing last year, and I'm sure you got sick and tired of me talking about it <laughs> and sending you photos, but it was like every day I had daylight active deer throughout the entirety of the season on my cell cameras in Georgia, on public land. Right. Like, <laughs> blew my mind how often that was happening. That just doesn't happen around here. And so um, if I'm hunting Florida my, in this in these areas and like that WMAB put in for, uh, what I shot last year will get shot again this year, first and last tag, because I think that's a terrific deer. But you're right. I am starting to feel a little bit more confident. I feel like um, I don't feel the panic of, like, it, around here, it's one of those situations where it's like you might get one or two opportunities the whole year on an average deer, and you got to make the most of it. When I'm in, up in Georgia, it's like, dude, relax, have fun, soak up the process. You know, the the day I killed my buck, very last day, very last few minutes of daylight, I was just sitting there with a gun across my lap, enjoying the fact that I was outside for the first time in 14, 15 days. And, uh, you know, out walks a, I don't know what he was, but he's a great little seven point buck. Um, and, and I was more than happy to take him. And I probably, to be honest with you, would take him from, with my first or, or last tag in, uh, Georgia again. And so, uh, th- that kind of like happenstance for me doesn't happen in Florida. You got to work really hard and you might only get one opportunity. And that comes with a lot of stress for me. Right. Oh yeah. You know, not, not, not like gnashing of teeth stress, but it, it's a different, it's a different ball game. That's. That's that's my goal for summer. Um, one of my one of my questions for you is: uh, This is tis the season to tinker, um, and, and, and since I'm stuck at home, I've started tinkering in advance. Um, I, I'm trying to be methodical. You know, I, I recognize I had a monologue a couple weeks back about uh, you know making the most with your money, doing the best you can with what you've got to offer, and and so um, I. I kind of want to talk about uh, any gear that you that you may be planning on on changing this year. Are there any gear items that you're like, man, I really can't wait to do X? Not really. Uh, the okay. the only thing that I'm trying to figure out now is my arrow setup uh, for my bow. Uh, been getting that dialed in. Uh, actually, went and spent some time with uh, Brandon Ogden's dad. Uh, we got some things figured out uh, with my bow. Uh, which is good, and really, once I get that dialed in, I don't see myself changing much. Um, I'm hoping to get some tethered one sticks, uh, oh, yeah, and kind of get those modified uh, with some aiders, and that's gonna be it. Um, I, I've I've got my camera set up already, pretty much got everything dialed in, ready to rock and roll for the season. I don't really need to tinker with anything per se. Uh, I'm really just want to be focused on the deer this year. And I think everything that I've got now is, will easily get me through the season and it'd be one less thing to kind of worry about. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> In stark contrast to Chase Prince, um, <laughs> I'll be changing a, a couple things, really not that much. Um, uh, Last year, the backpack that I got, um, while it is doable, it is a terrible backpack for my body shape. Um, it's too long. I'm too short. It's not adjustable. Um, so I'm going to probably make a change there. I think I'm probably going to run with that Mystery Ranch Pop-Up 28. Um, I, I use their backpacks in Colorado. It's a, it's a great buy for the money. But most importantly, it's got an adjustable yoke so that it fits my back. Um, but one of the things I'm tinkering with now is I got a screaming deal the other day on an HHA uh, Optimizer Ultra 3-pin. Um, right. <laughs> it was like 10.30 at night, and I sent it to you. It looked like it was some from Podunk website, and 
you convinced me to, to order it and see if it'd come in. And it did. And, uh, <laughs> I was kind of, have you ever seen those memes on Facebook where it's like, I ordered this, but you know, from wish and it's supposed to be this and it comes out that and it's right. like not even close. I was kind of worried it was going to be one of those things, but no, lo and behold, it's a genuine HHA product. And, um, I'm excited, and the reason why I'm going from the single pin that I already have to the multi-pin is because, as you guys know, I am very passionate about getting things on camera, and one of the difficulties that I found very quickly was that, you know, you'd range the deer at 30 yards, you're getting the camera around the tree, you're getting it on, and now he's at 20, or, um, you know, he, he you, you go to draw and the deer bounds off, and yes, you could have woodsmanship, and you can aim high, and all that good stuff, but for me, I kind of wanted to have a 20, 30, and 40-yard pin. Um, just so I could, uh, if he's within my wheelhouse, which 40 yards is the, the pretty much right now, the, the limit of my wheelhouse, I'm going to take a shot on a whitetail. Um, I've got a pin for that and maybe I have to use a little bit of pin gap, but I've got another reference point. Um, I can dial it in if I need to, you know, if I've got the time and the deer's just feeding underneath the tree and it's 34 yards precisely, I'll just dial the dial to 34 and I'll be done with it. But, um, I just, I wanted, I wanted, uh, just to kind of relieve a little bit of the, uh, process the, the the necessary steps to, to to shoot something on camera because dude I, I I adore it. Yeah, yeah. I switched to a three pin last year. Three pin slider. It's a black gold uh, sight. Uh, kind of at the tail end of last year. Uh, haven't shot anything with it yet. Uh, but I same kind of thing where uh, you go into a little bit heavier arrow. You, you're not really wanting to have to adjust every time especially if you're going to be on the camera maybe range finding and stuff and in florida it's a different ball game sometimes like when you see the deer sometimes you've got split seconds to make a decision if you're going to get a shot or not uh, it's not like you see him coming from a long right. ways most of the time it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you hear something you look up oh shoot there's the deer okay i i've got to be ready and uh get on it and if you if i can just take away like that one little step maybe of having to adjust then might be the difference in uh, getting a deer or not. And I'm kind of saying, I, I really don't want to take long shots at deer. I, I know some people that uh, doesn't really bother them. Uh, if, when I'm really honed in with my bow, I feel super confident. Uh, last year I was dealing with a pinch nerve <laughs> for a lot mm -hmm. of the season. And to be honest with you, I didn't feel confident shooting past like 35 yards. You know what I mean? Like last year it was just, it was that big of a bother uh, for me. And it cost me a buck. Uh, that we showed on uh, YouTube, um, one of the YouTube videos that we did, because I knew at the angle I just wasn't going to be able to draw my bow back. I probably should have lowered the poundage last year, <laughs> but I'd already did so many things to the bow anyways that I was like, I'm not going to mess with anything, uh, <laughs> anything more at this point. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I feel you on that, and uh, I'll be interested to uh, see your feedback on it. Because it's a really nice sight. I mean, the one that you got, you got a stellar deal on it. And I figured it was legit because it was kind of one from one of those like little farm stores that uh -huh. where it's not yeah. really their niche to sell those things. And people probably don't look on those sites uh, to begin with for a site. So I was like, yeah, you know what? This is probably legit because they're probably just trying to get rid of some inventory uh, and people aren't normally drawn to their site for that type of thing. Uh, so I figured it would work out for you. Yeah, well, and it benefits. I'm a I'm a lefty, so they may have been sitting on that thing. For oh a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. Hot second, yeah. you know, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> that always helps. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that's really the only things I'm changing. I'm I'm a big proponent of doing the most you can with what you've got, obviously. And so, uh, for me, uh, kind of, you know, I, I I sat back and I just kind of assessed what I needed. You know, I'm I'm talking about doing a a bear hunt up in the mountains and doing a um, uh, doing a deer hunt up there as well with my little brother and so i kind of need a bag that i can take some layers take some food but also take some meat out and so i'm going to make that change and go with the mystery ranch i'll probably have to buy a muzzle loader but that's not you know some big you know investment you know it's a right i've got the process down and everything so but yeah i'm not i'm not changing a whole lot man i was kind of hoping you were going to blow me out the water and be like yeah man i ordered a custom hoyt and and a a dozen new arrows and the ranch ferry was going to put them all together for me i mean you know me i mean i could change bows tomorrow (laughs) i mean if it just hits me and i go you know what i'm getting a different bow then i could go get it (laughs) i have no plans on doing that doesn't mean it won't happen okay that's the thing that's the kicker (laughs) I don't have plans on doing that, but I could. <laughs> yeah. And, well, here's the deal. You just have to keep us posted. Yeah, yeah. It, and that's <laughs> we're, we're on here weekly anyways, so uh, sometimes uh, I change and just go, you know what? I, I don't like this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up or flavor of the week type thing. Sometimes that's, <laughs> that seems how my bows have kind of been. Anyway, although I've had some good ones uh, to begin with, I, and some of them I'm just like, why did I get rid of that? I, was, I shot great with it. <laughs> So one of the bows that you shot horrible with, I shot probably the best ever with, and then I ended up getting rid of it. <laughs> and, yep. and I was like, why did I get rid of that bow? I mean, I, I was, I mean, you came to my house that one time we shot and then I was able to hit like a daggum sticker at a hundred yards with that bow. It was nuts. And man. for some reason I got rid of it. And I think it was cause it wasn't fast enough. It was one of those deals where I was like, you know what? That's what it I was, need yeah. more speed. Cause I've always been this kind of this <laughs> obsessed with speed for some reason. And you never really had problems with passing through deer for the most part in Florida. And I always no. went for a double lung shot to begin with. Uh, so I never had a lot of those. I never had any of those horror stories uh, that a lot of people have had with that. And back at the beginning, I didn't know what I was doing. Anyway. I was like, oh, arrow, broadhead, uh, bow. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even think about the science behind uh, any of it. And I was probably shooting like a 400-grain arrow uh, with, an, uh, with a mechanical um zinging it because i didn't even have to make any adjustments <laughs> up till about 30 something yards <laughs> 30 33 or 34 yards and you have to really compensate oh, yeah. for anything and that's why i liked it Single because pin. the shots were yeah. so quick and i'm like okay just put it on them uh zero to 34 here i go um back then <laughs> but yeah and sometimes i think we kind of get caught up in some of that stuff where it's like it's it, this is the big and hot item right now and that, oh, I got I to make the switch. I got to make the switch because of stuff that's happened to other people. Um, now, I know when I go up to Missouri, I'm going to want that bigger because, I mean, deer are just bigger up there, thicker, a um, lot bigger bone <laughs> structure uh, than down here. For here, I mean, if it's not broke, well, then why why work? Why why, why try to fix something that's not broke? Uh, uh, that That's kind of been my mentality and. I kind of got away from that for a little bit of just like, okay, everybody's doing it. I should be doing it too um, at this point. So I think I'm going to, and I've got a a heavier setup now and everything. So uh, I'm happy with that. And once we get the bow dialed in, I'll be ready to rock and roll and ready to get in the stand and uh, put something down. So other than that, I'm all my guns and everything else. uh, Everything's, I mean, it's all the same. It's all dialed in. So not a lot. And I bought a pack last year. A lot of stuff I bought last year. Like I bought a ton of stuff last year 
and I plan on and I got a good system down and I just plan on using all that again this season. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. You know the the tethered one sticks. We're gonna get to play with those this year. I'm excited. Um, but I mean, I'm just excited to get out and do some, do some hunting, man. I'm hoping that you and I can get together a couple times this year and, and hunt because the content's just always better whenever we do that. We got to do it for turkey season. Yeah. So let's yep. think about this. Yep. We did it for turkey season. We did it a couple times for bass. Now what we need to do is get together at least one time for, for summer scouting and then a couple times this deer season, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get up there and uh, do some scouting with you, uh, during the summer for sure. Yeah. Check out some of the, yeah. the land. Check check out the land of milk and honey that you call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, with that note, sir, unless you got anything else you want to talk about, I think we should let these, these fine ladies and gentlemen get on with their day. Uh, the only thing I really have kind of left to say is we haven't said it in a super long time. And, I, I mean, it, I don't know how much it matters. But uh, if you enjoy the podcast and you haven't left us a rev- rating or review, uh, we would love to get a, a rating or review from you. Um, I know we harped on that for a little while. We we kind of yeah. got away from it. And if if you're a new listener, and we'll we'll give you a shout out on the podcast if if you give us a rating or review. Uh, we we really love the feedback. And uh, if you would join our Facebook pages, that'd be great too. We we just put out some polls and stuff. We're trying to oh, get the podcast dialed into what you guys want. Uh, and w- that way we can kind of focus on what guests we need to get on the podcast and maybe take care of that in advance. You and I both got a lot of stuff going on right now. So if we yep. can get pe- if we can figure out what everybody wants and get people lined up uh, and get them, get these podcasts hammered out and uh, get you guys uh, the content that you need. So those are two little things that I'd like to mention. Good call, man. Yeah. You know, on the, on the review uh, side of things, we used to do it and, and you're right, man, we haven't done this in a while. And, and some of this is just by virtue of there's just so much to pack into this. I don't want to just, you know, jabber on forever, but, uh, our old offer stands. I got a, I got a plethora of stickers here. If you leave us a rating review, send us a screenshot. I'll send you a sticker just to say, thanks. Um, we'll get that out in the mail to you. And and you're right about the polls. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause that actually was something I wanted to talk about because you're right. Well, it was an idea we had like, Hey, how do we make this all about you guys, all about what you want. And so we're going to try it on a, on a, on a little test basis here. If you guys go find that poll, uh, I will create a, I will include a link to the Facebook group in the show notes. So just scroll down. You can find it. Um, it's also posted and pinned to our Facebook page. Uh, but uh, we're going to pull the hot topics from that. We're going to find guests for you guys. And if all you want to hear are scouting content, that's all we're going to bring you, uh, by and large. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're probably going to get on here and do something like this. But uh, we just want to we want to bring you guys the biggest bang for your buck. And, and um, you know, that's we're just trying something new to make sure you guys uh, are getting what you want. Um, so, Chase, dude, good yeah. job on that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a reason why we pay you the big bucks. Leave us a comment on people that you'd like to have on the podcast. Like if there's people that you'd like to have on the podcast that we can reach out to, or you can introduce us to them, uh, that'd be great. I mean, we're constantly kind of in search for people. Uh, it's to me, it's, it always seems like it's kind of hard to kind of find some, some Florida people. We've kind of focused a little bit on Florida to where there's, there's a lot of secretive guys out there in Florida, um, that, uh, don't really want to give away all their information, but I know there's guys out there that are willing to to help everybody out, be able to give some information out there to help out a bunch of uh, new hunters or people that have been hunting for a while, trying to figure it out. And there's there's plenty of guys that are just big time killers in Florida that just nobody knows about because it's just not publicized, or any other of the 
um, southeastern states. So if you know anybody you think that you want to hear on the podcast, send us the names and uh, we'll start reaching out to them. Yeah, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. That's uh, that's a good point. So, guys, we've given you enough instruction. We've given you enough uh, of what's to come from us. And uh, I, I hope you guys are, are enjoying your summer. You're getting outside. You're enjoying this content. I'm going to uh, start ramping up the YouTube videos. We're going to start getting those going here in the coming weeks. Not right now, but in the coming weeks, we're going to start trickling those back in. And uh, as always, guys, the most important thing is having listened to this episode, do us one favor. Get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. Awesome. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.